This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Andy Reese, And I'm Lauren Volkelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Zatar. Yes. And I'm not very familiar with this one. Um, I'm pretty sure I've had it and I love it. And I was telling Lauren right before this, I just got back from vacation. And thanks to technology, I got to research this while I was in the car. And the craving, I have to tell you, (laughs) I found so many articles about like, now that you know what it is, here are 10 ways to use it. Yeah. And my friends had to suffer through my like sudden exclamations of, oh my gosh, I want that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I similarly found so many recipes that I was like, oh, I need to make this immediately. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of them were were essentially just like like tomato salads yes. of some kind or another. Uh-huh. But I am currently I, I've got a whole bunch of little uh, volunteer tomato plants that I that I adopted from my friend Claire and uh, and they're doing wonderfully and so I've got all these tiny tomatoes that I just Oof. am in a continual process of harvesting and I don't think it's enough to actually make like what one would call a salad from... <laughs> right <laughs> but um but I'm like oh gosh I can do that right now I I haven't investigated this super thoroughly, but I'm pretty sure that sumac is one of the things that I shouldn't really eat. Mm. And that is a common ingredient in za'atar blends. Um, 
But so I guess, you know, more personal research is necessary on that one. <laughs> now I'm like, that's not even related to the things that usually give me problems like peppers. Am I, am I intolerant to red? Like what's happening here? Anyway, I don't, Ooh. I don't know. Intolerant to red. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> At any rate, um, International Zatar Day is September 23rd. Okay. So we're, you know, not timely, but creeping up on it. As we like to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what podcast is that? Oh, that's just Saver. They like to creep up behind. <laughs> Saver, we're right behind you. <laughs> Why is that not our tagline? Oh, jeez. No. Oh, <laughs> um, and you can see our past episodes we've done on salt, oregano, marjoram, and sesame seeds all related to this topic. Uh, sure. Uh, maybe throw some yogurt in there. Uh, hummus would certainly be applicable. Yes. We've done a lot of, done a lot of episodes, you know? We we have. That's, we our, have. that's our second tagline. Saver. They've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> they might have talked about the thing you're currently interested in. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well. Yes, well. I guess that brings us to our question. Zatar. What is it? Well, uh, za'atar is the name of both a particular herb or herbs um, and also a spice blend made from those herbs and or related herbs and stuff. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's heady and savory and woodsy and earthy and a little like green and summery and bright. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of like the, the, the spice blend equivalent of, of walking through a long established garden on a hot summer day. Ooh. Yeah. You are a poet. I have been getting poetic with these. You have, and I've really enjoyed it. I it, You put an image in my head, and it's warm and lovely, and it makes me want to close <laughs> my eyes and smell the smells and feel the sun on my skin. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> well, yay. <laughs> um, uh, so, all right. So, so that was a lot of kind of vagities. Uh, so so let's let's break it down a little bit more. Um, the herb and or herbs. Um, so although the word za'atar has been applied to a number of uh, related herbs within the Lamiaceae or mint family, these days most people use it to mean a type of wild oregano, a botanical name either Organum syriacum or Majorana syriaca. I think. I hate Latin. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> it's also called a biblical or holy hyssop or a Lebanese or Syrian oregano. And to further add to this complication, um, I've also read impassioned arguments about a type of wild thyme, a botanical name Thimbra spicata, um, being the herb that should be properly called za'atar. And I have also seen the former um, wild oregano referred to as a wild thyme. <laughs> oh, the pun. It's right there. Oh, it's it is. A party. <laughs> it is indeed a wild time, y'all. Um, it's what right a there. Wild time to be alive. Yes. 
Uh, okay, but so I, I, I mean, I've, I've also, I've, I've uh, read a bunch of of posts about the making of the spice blend, and I've seen both of these herbs pictured in the same article about za'atar blends. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just reporting what I've read. I have no skin I, in this game. I got so confused. Let me tell you, because. I coming into it and not being entirely sure. Like I thought it was a spice blend. That was my previous understanding. Uh-huh. And then as I'm doing all this research, I'm like, but wait, is it a specific thing or a spice blend? And then I was like, oh, it's both. Yes. And also the specific thing could be this thing or this. <laughs> like, or just, a number of other things. Because right. Because the, the, the word has been applied to, right, like like any number of herbs over the course of history. And and part of the confusion here is that, yeah, za'atar is this very old Arabic word that has been intersecting with other languages and speakers and cultures for millennia. And it still is um, around the, you know, Mediterranean side of the Middle East where these herbs grow. Um Furthermore, as we discussed in our um, oregano and marjoram episode, the term oregano has long been used more as a term for like a flavor profile than for any particular plant. And all of these plants are closely related anyway. You know, they look and or taste similar. So it's easy to see why there is confusion in terms of terms, um, especially right in an area where all of these cultures and languages are, um, are, are merging. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All that being said, um, the wild oregano plant is is herbaceous. It's drought resistant. It'll grow to a little uh, over two feet tall. It's a little bit under a meter uh, with small, fuzzy, rounded, uh, aromatic leaves. And it blooms with little whiter pink flowers that pollinators just love. It'll come back year after year. Uh, the wild thyme plant, meanwhile, is evergreen and a little bit more shrubby, uh, skinnier leaves, although it grows to about the same height. Um, it looks a little bit more like rosemary um, than oregano, um, but I think the leaves are softer. Uh, anyway, it, it blooms with white to purple flowers. Pollinators also love it. And I've seen recipes for this being um, pickled, fresh, and used as a condiment in its own right, which sounds amazing. It does. <laughs> right? Oof. Mm-hmm. And in addition to culinary uses, uh, these herbs have been used in perfumes, uh, potpourris, incense blends. My favorite goth online perfumer, uh, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab, does include um, hyssop notes in a lot of their blends that are meant to evoke these ancient, like, religious or ritual scents from around that whole region. Just just little, little, little B-pal shout out. Um, oh, yeah. They're great. And I love that, I mean, the sentence, my favorite goth online perfumery. <laughs> I love the idea there could be multiple of these. Oh, yeah. I have a favorite. <laughs> oh, no, there's more than one, and they're my favorite. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so so that's that's the herb and or herbs. Um, but let's talk about the spice blend. So um, the spice blend za'atar can be made with different dried herbs and ground spices in any number of combinations. Um, it's, it's also regional to the Mediterranean side of the Middle East, and there are just, right, like lots of local variations based on um, what in particular you're growing, what you grew up with. And, and those variations have been further extrapolated out in other regions where it's become popular. 
Generally speaking, though, the blend is going to be um, salted herbs plus sesame seeds plus ground sumac. Uh, actual za'atar, the herb, is the traditional main component. Um, but in addition to that, or when it's not available, other herbs on the sort of woodsy, savory end of the Lamiaceae family are pretty common. Um, oregano, marjoram, and thyme. I've also seen sage, savory, and even mint included. Uh, in terms of your salts, uh, a lot of recipes that I've seen have called for like like flaky, crunchy salts, like sea salt, um, to add a little bit of texture in addition to that flavor. Um, sumac is a spice made from the dried ground berries of the sumac shrub. Um, it's a deep red to burgundy in color, tastes uh, bright and lemony without being super sour. Um, we'll have to do a whole episode on that sometime. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the sesame seeds involved, um, usually toasted, sometimes lightly ground, um, and they'll add like a nutty, sweet, oily taste and texture. In recipes that I've seen, it's typically about two to three parts urban spice blend to like one part sesame seeds. So it's not an insignificant part of the blend. Mm-hmm. Other ingredients may include anything from dried orange zest in places like Lebanon um, to dried dill in places like Israel to za'atar flowers in Beirut. Um, I've read uh, cumin, coriander, anise, all kinds of things that you can add in there to taste. And uh, yeah, you can just mix it up or you can toast the blend in oil for some extra oomph. And you can use it, I mean, you know, however you want to use a spice blend, I can't stop you. Um, uh, it's pretty common to um, season uh, yogurt or cheese or olive oil with it for, for a tasty spread or dip. Um, it's often uh, baked into or or especially onto the top of flatbreads used as a rub on meats or poultry or vegetables that you're going to be roasting. Um, it goes in stews and soups. It can be an ingredient in or a sprinkling on rice pilaf or salads or any number of other savory dishes or even in sweet dishes that you want to give like a like a rich twinge to. Um, it does pair particularly well with citrusy sweets, and I've seen a number of recipes furthermore for chocolate pairings, which... Ooh. Sounds so good. I do love a lemon and chocolate situation. So that sumac sounds really interesting. Anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 used for like an anything and everything table condiment, um, highly associated with breakfast in some areas. And modernly, it has been applied to all kinds of things, including like cocktails and beers, um, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And I did see some articles where people just eat it. Like a oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just by the spoonful. <laughs> Um, yes. and, and as a human person who like has a jar of horikake at all times and sometimes just like pours out a handful and eats it, I'm like, yep, nope, that's, that's a thing. That checks out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of, what about <laughs> the nutrition? Uh, I'd, even after I just said that, um, <laughs> you're, you're typically not eating enough of this to make a huge nutritive difference. Um, And of course, it depends on exactly what you put into it. I mean, you know, herbs and spices pack in a lot of flavor for a low caloric punch. Um, Sesame seeds are calorically dense, as we talked about in that sesame episode. Um, You're not using like a whole lot of them here, um, but they do contain a good smattering of fats and protein and minerals and micronutrients. Um, I will say that between the the sesame and the other uh, fibrous ingredients, um, a a sprinkling of za'atar can help make a food more filling. To keep you going, uh, pair with other sources of protein, you know, probably eat a vegetable. We always recommend Mm -hmm. eating a vegetable. (laughs) 
the mint family of herbs uh, do tend to contain a lot of good like antioxidant, antibacterial, and antifungal compounds, um, which under certain circumstances can help your body fight and or prevent a number of diseases and conditions. Um, the, uh, the, the, the herb and the blend have both been used in, um, in traditional and folk medicines in a lot of areas, um, in a lot of cultures and, uh, and, and referred to specifically as a brain food. Um, there was one really cute report from, um, Steve Inskeep to the salt back in 2013 during, um, a trip he took to, to Syria to cover the war. Um, that a friend of his in Damascus said that when she was growing up, whenever exams would come along at school, she would be told by her parents, like, eat your za'atar. <laughs> I love that. I feel like um, we all have those. A lot of us have those stories of like when I was taking the CRCT. Mm, um, mm-hmm. You had a big breakfast, like oranges and bacon and toast. <laughs> like normally we were like, a, you grab a, a piece of fruit and leave the house type uh-huh. family. But on those but days. Those days. Very mm-hmm. important. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, the, the, the herb or the blend are both also used to make, um, to make concentrated oils and health tonics. And some of those mint family compounds that I talked about are under investigation for um, possible further medicinal properties. Um, but, you know, as, as always, save our motto, our, our bodies are complicated. More research is necessary before ingesting a medicinal amount of anything. Consult a doctor who is not us. I feel like this is the more fun version of when you see a medicine commercial and they're reading through <laughs> it so fast. And you're like, wait, they're still reading. And it's they've been talking for several minutes, but they're going so fast. Whereas you just sound like, oh, you got it by now, right? I have to keep saying it, but okay. <laughs> I always, I always love that in those commercials because I, I, I feel like, like, like we should have uh, some kind of like, like really bouncy music behind it, or mm-hmm. you know, like if it weren't a podcast, there would be imagery of like, of like women in sunshine with balloons and flowers or something like that, you know? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, as women often do, you know, <laughs> balloons, sunshine, <laughs> dancing, frolicking about, frolicking. Oh yes, yes, barely frolicking about medication. <laughs> Yes. Um, we couldn't find too many, but we do have some numbers for you. Yeah. Um, a, a 2021 report that I found said that an estimated uh, 15,000 tons of fresh za'atar, the herb, are produced every year in Palestine. Um, it also said that of the processed herb produced, uh, 85% of it stayed in Palestine. Only 15% uh, was exported. Um, and, uh, it was talking about how it's really only recently gained legs as like a, as like a cash crop there rather than something for home use. Um, uh, plantings have increased tenfold over the past 10 years. Wow. But yeah, like, like Annie said, we, we couldn't find a whole bunch of numbers here. You know, this is one of those foods, um, the, the blend especially, but the herb too, like that's so regionally ubiquitous, and uh, so often not a commercial product. It's so often a home product that it's tough to pull, like, global sales trends for it. Right. However, I did see a report that, um, that sumac, um, uh, one of those ingredients in the blend, um, sales of that are up worldwide, uh, said to be due to Zatar blend trends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And a uh, fun number, uh, Lebanese bakers broke the Guinness record for, I think, the longest pastry period uh, with a uh, za'atar topped um, manusha. I've heard it pronounced a number of ways, <laughs> regionally speaking. Um, it's a type of flatbread. Um, okay. It's it's the aforementioned. You take you take a you take some some good flatbread dough, or, or possibly a baked flatbread. You you rub it down with za'atar and olive oil. You crisp it up. It looks amazing. I want it right now. Um, <laughs> at any rate, this 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 record was broken in 2018, and the record breaking pastry was uh, 44 meters and 92 centimeters long. Um, that's about 147 feet four inches. Dang. Right? Whoa. Sigh. None of it went to us. <laughs> no. <laughs> Curses. I just want to say a, a new record has been established here on Saver for, I think, sternest point I've received from Lauren Vogelbaum. <laughs> um, I wasn't anticipating. <laughs> It was right up in the the Skype screen. <laughs> I feel properly chastised. Oh no! What? What? I don't even remember doing this. I'm just I'm just over here reading you words. You were pointing at me for my barely contained snickering at your attempted pronunciation, <laughs> which I don't know how to pronounce either. <laughs> Uh, so I was okay. being a poor podcasting co-host. No, <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. <clears throat> anyway, new saver records are being accomplished every day here. <laughs> they're very specific, but they're important to us. They are. <laughs> we do have a lot of history to cover. Oh, we do. Um, and we will get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park! Give me a woo! Roller coaster! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, like so many things we talk about on the show, historians aren't clear on when and where precisely Zatar originated. Uh, They think it's old, though, going back to ancient Egypt and the wild oregano ore time. Yes, it's confusing. Hmm. Um, That is mentioned more than once in the Bible, particularly when it comes to purifying rituals. Yeah, um, it's thought that what's referred to in Hebrew texts as um, Ezov and What's translated then in Christian texts um, as as hyssop um, is the herb za'atar. Um, it comes up in context as as this humble and accessible plant, um, and yes, as a, as a purifying plant. Um, it's in the story of Exodus. Um, it's the herb that's used to um, to brush doorways of Jewish households with blood um, as a as a passes over kind of kind of thing. And it shows up in the story of the crucifixion um, as as an herb that that might have been dipped in vinegar to to hydrate Jesus on the cross. Yes, um, and these herbs and all of the baseline ingredients in zatar are traditionally baseline because you know people can get up to all kinds of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grow throughout the Middle East. Um, they're native there. Another piece of this Zatar puzzle is the customization aspect, because over time, Zatar has been refined and adapted depending on the region. So it can mean all kinds of things. There's no one recipe for it. And yeah, there's also no one name uh, adding to all of this confusion. But whatever the case, people have been using things that fall under the wide umbrella of Zatar for a long time both culinarily and medicinally, and it has been a popular spice blend in the Middle East for centuries. Uh, Yeah, uh, sumac in particular was in use at least 2,000 years ago around the Mediterranean, um, especially prized for its tang um, before lemons came along. The written record indicates that tar was certainly around by the 12th and 13th centuries. Uh, The blend, yeah. Yes, the blend, sorry. Um, During this time, a renowned Spanish philosopher reportedly prescribed it as a treatment for all kinds of things for his patients. 
Um, according to Merriam-Webster, the word didn't show up in English language texts until uh, 1917. And uh, then, yeah, uh, continuing our, our way ahead jump um, into the middle of the 1900s, uh, Zatar blends became a sort of a, a symbol of Palestinian tradition and, and homeland after the Israeli War of Independence um, in 1948, when hundreds of thousands of Palestinians were, were pushed from their homes. Um, one Palestinian refugee camp that formed in Beirut was named Tel al-Zatar, um, uh, the Hill of Wild Time. Um, and this was uh, the site of a massacre in 1976. And in 1977, an Israeli law passed that prohibited the gathering of wild zatar in that country, labeling it as an endangered and protected species, um, specifically the plant we're talking about now, our mm -hmm. plants. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> according to the investigation of gastro-detective Fiona Ross, harvesting of it has been restricted in the West Bank too, and Palestinians who are caught transporting their herb through checkpoints can be hit with fines. These particular laws are not just about protecting Zatar environmentally, but also efforts to control production of the herbs and the land it grows on. Yeah, um, yeah, those those original laws were were based on some amount of environmental research. Um, and the herb has also been listed as vulnerable due to overcollection in other countries like Jordan. Um, but but in the West Bank in particular, these restrictions seem to be very politically driven, with, um, with, with harsher enforcement applied to Palestinians than to Israelis, um, and with economic motivations, um, as the Israeli agricultural industry has started cultivating these herbs for sale. Furthermore, um, there hasn't really been scientific backing up uh, of the plant's endangered status recently. Oh, like, like, look, okay, like, 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 my family is Eastern European Jewish. Um, they fled persecution that they were facing in Europe to come to the United States in the early 1900s, and I am real glad that that they and all the other people who managed to escape got out. But it's really important to remember that Israel is a colonizing state, um, and and as it always is with colonists, it is to Israel's advantage to control the land and the culture and and the native people that it's occupying. You know, we talk about this on the show all the time, um, you know, though it's usually couched in a few like comfortable centuries of separation from today. Um, but but through that lens, it's it's really hard to not see these restrictions as as part of a purposeful erosion of traditional Palestinian foodways. Right. And that's I mean, a quick search on the Internet and you'll find you'll find a lot of arguments that showcase um, that point and then kind of the dismissing of that point, um, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, as people in general have been exposed to more types of foods worldwide, thanks to things like the internet, food writers, and the Food Network. Oh, we have a past episode on that, you can see. Mm -hmm. Um uh, and people have become more willing to expand their palates and even eager to expand their palates. Zatar has expanded in popularity outside of the Middle East. And yeah, it got a boost when people started calling it a health food. This all really picked up around uh, 2018 or so. Uh, you know, Zatar and cocktails, on savory pastries, Zatar fried chicken. Um, a company called 961 Beer makes this brew that they call their Lebanese Pale Ale that includes Zatar herbs. and. Oh my gosh, I want to try it. <laughs> oh, me too. 
Whew. Uh, ooh, in 2016, a Palestinian-American family started Z&Z, and they specialize in za'atar. The business got its start at a local Washington, D.C. farmer's market and is now expanding into a Middle Eastern bakery, I believe, of, as of this year. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're making uh, frozen foods, um, that, that yeah. aforementioned flatbread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and their spice is available at most Whole Foods, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whole Foods listed Zatar as one of their food trends of 2019. That same year, McCormick Brand came out with the Zatar blend, and um, and International Zatar Day uh, made its debut as well. <laughs> um, and and also, yeah, Zatar has gotten mixed up in politics over the years, particularly when it comes to Israel and Palestine and arguments around who Zatar belongs to. And that is something we do talk about a lot on here. Um, Palestinian poet Mahmoud Darwish mentioned Zatar in the poem Ahmad al-Zatar, making the case that things like agriculture are vital to things like identity, and particularly um, in this poem references the former Palestinian refugee camp that Lauren mentioned to further emphasize how important harvesting and eating are when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict around national identity and land and the traditions and history tied to all of that, culinarily and otherwise. So, yeah, well, because of this, while we are talking about herbs and spices, we are also talking about so much more, um, something that can unite people and also be used to as a weapon against them. Yeah. In 2019, uh, the Israeli Nature and Parks Authority did begin easing its policy on the collection of uh, za'atar, the plant, um, for personal use. Um, they They said that they were trying to separate personal use from like commercial collection. So, right. um, so if that, if that is what is happening, um, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as always, like always, it's still moving. The situation is still mm-hmm. ongoing. Um, Zatar, the story continues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But I suppose that's what we have to say for now. It is. Um, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. 
I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener Like a summer breeze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jared wrote, I am writing in response to the recent episode on bouillabaisse. At various points in my life, I became aware of the concept of potato soups and fish stews, as well as the terms bouillabaisse and vichyssoise. And I kind of had an idea that each term was associated with one of the two dishes. To this day, if you were to show me a picture of each soup and give me the term to choose to label each photo, I would always put vichyssoise on the bouillabaisse and vice versa. (laughs) To my uncultured American-English-only-speaking brain, those words seem completely mismatched. Hmm. Hopefully this episode will help me sort it out for good. Um, Keep up the fine work that (laughs) invariably gives me all sorts of cravings to sort through. Yes, agreed. that's I I wanted to read this because I totally forgot about Vichyssoise, and I had the same problem. Even oh. though I don't have a lot of experience with either of them, I sort of— You're just like, French soup, go. Yeah. They're the same, obviously, yeah. which is terrible, and I know it. But <laughs> I right when I read this email, I was like, oh, yeah, Vichyssoise. That's a different episode we're going to have to do episode. one day. <laughs> we're going to have to struggle through— an, More an French? equal amount of French at some point in the future. Yeah. You can tell we're both excited about it. <laughs> I am excited French. to learn what it is. I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you for sure, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> one day, one day I will know. And I shall <laughs> pass the information on to you listeners who yes. also don't know. And to the listeners that already do know, you can be like, actually, you're incorrect about this. Thing. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> We're 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 all out here learning, you know. We are, you know. We are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Skylar wrote. Uh, first of all, please watch my big fat Greek wedding. It is such a cute movie with so many quotelets and just the right amount of secondhand awkward. 
A few years ago, I started a job at a family-owned t-shirt printing shop. When my birthday rolled around, I had only been there a month, so I didn't know they had a birthday ritual. A case of minis from Nothing Bunt Cakes. Uh, A card that was sneakily passed around. And, of course, the forced awkwardness of getting sang at. I definitely teared up at the unexpected kindness. Uh, This continued every year for every person. I know office birthdays are joked about a lot, but it always made my heart happy. And now I'm going to order a case of mini bunts because I am the adult, and there really isn't a reason not to. Take care and watch that movie. It's streaming on HBO. I fully support (laughs) this decision. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yes. You are the adult. You are. Get your case of mini bunts and watch my big fat great wedding. It sounds yes. lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, this brought back a memory for me that was equally touching where I used to be in a crew back when we went to the office where I would get in early and there were like three of us that got in really early, like 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, one day it was my birthday and our coworker and friend, Ramsey, um, who's been on the show before, he arrived and he had gotten all these mini donuts and he burst into the most exuberant off-key rendition <laughs> of happy birthday that was like loud oh, and proud yeah. and everyone joined in and I almost cried. I was like so moved oh. by this like sweet, unexpected, impromptu thing. And I'm a big believer in that. You never know what like small little gestures you do, how they're going to impact somebody absolutely yes and food can be a big part of that yes oh it frequently is yes um so thanks to both of those listeners for writing in if you would like to write to us you can or email us hello at saverpod.com we are also on social media you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at saverpod and we do hope to hear from you Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 